0: So the very first piece of advice I would give to people is ideas only become reality if you actually go and make something of them to take action. So if there's anything you've heard in today's podcast that you think, yeah, that's a great idea. Don't just write it down, go and take action on it.
1: The Customer Satisfaction Project.
2: A place where we explore how business leaders are pushing the boundaries.
1: Providing exceptional customer service.
2: Growing high-performing support teams and having a blast along the way.
1: Together with SimpleSat co-founder and CEO, Corey Brown.
2: Join with our head of marketing,
1: Nash Maywella. Let's get right to it. Before we continue, let's take a quick break with a word from our sponsor. You know what they say about what gets measured gets managed, right? But are you actually getting the right information to measure? Are you getting to the pulse of your customer satisfaction with your service? Are you finding it hard to get your customers to tell you what they really feel about your company? Enter Simplesat, the customer feedback system that works. Delight your customers into leaving you inaccurate accurate feedback. Catch them at the right place and at the right time and get an accurate feedback loop measure, manage, then elevate your customer's experience so they're never not satisfied. To learn more, check out Simplesat.io to get your free 14-day trial. Again, that's Simplesat.io.
2: First, for a quick introduction, Richard is from Newcastle, UK and the IT business growth expert for MSPs. And we've known each other for over 10 years since uh, Richard's old company, Netlink IT, was working with a company that I co-founded with my dad, Pronto Marketing. I was just looking back today through some tickets and emails that that was in 2019 when we were working on the website and email newsletter stuff. But since then, Richard has basically gone on to grow one of the strongest personal brands that I've seen for in, in the MSP space. And I hear that he doesn't work on Fridays, which I'm very jealous of. But other than that, fill us in on more intro or kind of what people should know. Oh, sure, Corey. Well, first of all, thank you both for having me on
0: it. I'm absolutely honored and it's such a thrill. I've been looking forward to uh, chatting to you both. And Corey, you heard me uh, chuckling away there while you were going through our history as well, because yeah, it makes me feel like an old man in the MSP industry to realize that I've been doing it for so long. But it's right. awesome. Huge fan of Pronto Marketing and uh, what you and Derek have done for myself personally. In my business career as well, because you helped to get my MSP website up and running. And it was such a wonderful thing because, like so many MSPs at the time, I'd be like, really embarrassed on my website. Oh, yeah, I must get around to doing something with that. Well, thank you. But yeah, um, background then for anybody who uh, is not familiar with my work. So, as Curry said, I used to run a managed service provider business based out of Birmingham in the UK. And I sold that business uh, 10 years ago now. And what I did when I was running the MSP business was I was really um, sort of upfront and honest and open about the trials and tribulations that I had as an MSP business owner. So I used to speak at user groups and, and I was one of the early adopters of uh, blogging. I used to write a blog post just basically sharing all of the things that went right in my business and all the things that went wrong. And there was a lot more things going wrong at the time. So <laughs> there was a lot of blog posts about that. But interesting thing happened after I sold the MSP business. And I'd love to say I'd planned this, but I didn't. But lots of my former competitors started picking up the phone to me and saying, Hey, Rick, now that you're no longer a competitor, would you mind coming in and sharing some of the secret sauce with us? And so, yeah, that put me on the career that I'm on now. So for the last 10 years, I've been writing books and speaking at events and community uh, groups and podcasts and videos and blogs and social media and everything about basically helping other MSP owners to avoid all the many mistakes that I made as an MSP owner. And I absolutely love it still to this day, because I get to speak to people like you, Nash, and you, Corey. It's brilliant.
1: Thanks for sharing your story, Richard. I'm very curious, what was the main motivation that you decided to sell your MSP business? And after selling it, like the transition from being an MSP business owner to becoming like a a thought leader in that space and doing some blogs and speaking uh, engagements and stuff, like how was the transition? Was it natural or was it just because of that conversation um, that you had with the other person who was asking you to share like secret sauces?
0: That's a great question. And I'll go a little bit deep here. So the motivation for me, or the catalyst, I should say, for me selling the MSP business was actually a life event. It was my dad passed away. So he was 82 years of age. It was a ripe old age. Uh, it still took us by surprise. But he had you know, a peaceful passing. So I'm not laboring on that. But it was more when I was at his funeral afterwards, there were people coming up and talking to me as his son and to my brother. And they were saying things like, oh, your dad won't remember this, but he made such an impact on my life and he set us off in, in a good direction. And I just felt that what I wanted to do with perhaps the second half of my life was it was to live up to my dad's legacy there. He built this incredible legacy of being able to help people. And it made me realize that, yeah, I can certainly have an impact on people's lives running the MSP. But by that stage, I was getting so much more energy from speaking to other MSP owners and helping them to avoid mistakes that I was making, you know, I've gone on to write books about regaining your life and having a good life work balance as an MSP uh, business owner. So, yeah, without getting too deep about it, Nash, that was the catalyst for me um, sort of selling the business. As I said I had no plans to go and be, you know, as you very kindly uh, referred to me as like a thought leader or a coach or anything like that, I literally knew that I just wanted to help people avoid the mistakes that I made. But 10 years on, and you know, I'm still loving it. And I get such a kick every day out of doing this work. And I'm part of an online community called The Tech Tribe. And we've got like 1,500 uh, paid uh, MSPs around the world as members. Every single day now, I just see people going through the same journey that I went through. And I just get a kick out of being able to help other people to perhaps find a bit of a shortcut to it and not make the mistakes that I made. If that makes sense.
1: That makes perfect sense. Now, I want to slowly transition to what our focus in this podcast, which is customer satisfaction. And I'm curious, because you both do content marketing and customer satisfaction. Now, I'd like to get your personal definition of both and their transition, like the intersection between content marketing and customer
0: satisfaction. Oh, that is a wonderful question. So content marketing... I did from virtually from day one within my MSP business. Now, Curry and I talked about how my MSP partnered with Pronto Marketing uh, way back in, in the day. There was a very good reason for that because we were producing a lot of content, or I was producing a lot of content for the business, I should say, and we just weren't getting it out there in front of people. So one of the things I would say about marketing is you can be the best company, IT company in the world, but if nobody's heard of you, it's absolutely pointless. So going back to content marketing, for me, it was really, really simple. Content marketing is about answering people's questions. It is about documenting and making life easy for other people. Um, If you provide value to other people via content marketing, they're naturally going to want to end up working with you. And so content marketing wasn't called content marketing, Nash, when I started off doing this. As I said, it was just, we referred to it as blogging. But I very, very quickly realized that if the more people I was helpful to, the more value I provided for other people, the more they would want to work with me, the more they would refer me on to other people, and so on and so forth. And my business really grew as a result of content marketing. Now, you asked the question about you know, uh, customer satisfaction. A customer service, that type of thing, and the intersection with content marketing. I would say the two absolutely go hand in hand. So a great example with, of this would be content marketing might be writing a blog post or recording a video showing somebody how to set up an Office 365 user, Microsoft 365 user. There's an example. And that might be used as a piece of marketing material to put it there to say to people, Hey, We know what we're talking about. We are helpful. Here's how to go ahead and to do the work yourself. But if you want to work with us, if you want to pay us to do that work, we will do that for you as well. That's essentially what it is. Now, customer service, customer satisfaction is essentially the same thing, but working with the people who are already paying you for that service. So you might be documenting things for them. You might be picking up the phone to them or checking in with them and saying, hey, we've done this work for you. Is everything working as you expected it to be? Is there anything we could do better following that same process? Essentially, I would say content marketing and customer satisfaction come down to pretty much the same thing. And that is answering people's questions and then making sure that you've answered the question correctly. For me, that's what it's all about. And so it's something that I've naturally done throughout my career with content marketing. It's something that I speak to MSPs about every single day now. You know, it's not enough to be a great technician. You've got to be a good customer service technician as well. You've got to make sure that the work you've done for them has met their requirements. And you've got to make sure that they're happy with it. So that's a very long answer to a short question there, Nash. But I hope that makes sense that customer service, customer satisfaction, and content marketing are just bedfellows, really.
2: There really one similarity that I was thinking when you say both of those is it's really they're both about communication, like you say. So answering questions and kind of in your mind, the customer satisfaction is it's really about communicating, keeping the conversation going and doing a good job to make sure your customers know what's going on or that the problem is resolved or that you understand them. You hear them loud and clear.
0: Yeah, communication. I wrote a blog post years and years and years ago, and it was a very famous blog post at the time, I say very famous or infamous, whichever way you look at it, uh, but it was called It's All About Communication. And you can still find that blog post today, but it went on the front page of WordPress.com and, you know, went viral. But the point I was making was that as MSPs, we need to be over-communicating with clients. And the analogy I made, Hurry, was running an MSP is a lot like the local police force. Now bear with me on this one. So, you know, you never ever pick up the phone to the police and say, hey, uh, just to phone you and say, good job, guys. I've not been broken into overnight. I really appreciate that my house has not been burgled. Thank you. In the same way, your clients are never going to phone you and say, hey, great job. The service still running or there's been no problems with our service. Now, I've done lots of work with uh, West Midlands Police, the local police force to me when I ran the MSP in Birmingham. And I know the work that they do every hour of every day to keep us all safe, in the same way that managed service providers are proactively working to keep client systems up and running. But I can tell you, the first time that you encounter crime is when you pick up the phone to the police and you are, you're upset, you're probably angry about it, and you want to know what's going on. What are they doing to make this better for you? So for the police force, I did a lot of work with them actually uh, on communications to help them over-communicate with the public to say, here's what we're doing to keep you safe. And as an MSP, you need to do the same thing. You need to over-communicate with your clients saying, here's what we're doing behind the scenes. Now, you probably won't need us because everything's just running, but here's what we're doing to keep it running. Here's the reason that you're not phoning us each and every day. And so I wrote this blog post, Curry, and I got it out there. And it was all about communication, which, as you say, essentially comes down to the bottom line of customer service, customer satisfaction. It's not just doing the job. It's letting people know you've done the job and then asking them, are we doing the job well? And for me, so, you know, that's a long story there. But for me, Mm -hmm. being a police officer or running the police force is very much like running an MSP because you've got to keep people safe. You've got to keep people secure. And actually, you're not going to expect very much thanks until things go wrong. And ideally, you don't want them to ever go wrong.
2: Right. It's the, it's the peace of mind cell that both MSPs and police officers are doing. Yes, absolutely.
1: I just want to add that that's a very unique perspective of looking at customer satisfaction because, like, I would never look at it that way. But while you were saying this, And I'm just like imagining what you're saying. Actually, like that makes perfect sense because like the more you over communicate, you're actually like giving them like a sense of relief that, okay, they're taking care of it. Even if I don't know what they're doing, um, even if I'm not aware of it, but the fact that they're letting me know that they're doing something to make sure that everything goes perfect consistently, it would give me like a sense of peace. Right. And I think that's what you're trying to say.
0: Yeah. And if I give you an example, and for those of your community, your listeners who are managed service providers, they will probably be familiar with this question. But if they do a really good job for their clients and the clients don't have to phone them up with any problems, unfortunately, what happens after about six months or a year, the client will phone up and say, Hey, we've just been looking through the bills. What are we paying you for? Because nothing's going wrong. (laughs) And yeah, you're like, "Uh, Yeah. You're paying us, so nothing goes wrong. But the client doesn't see it that way. They initially had a pain. You made that pain go away. You made that pain go away virtually permanently. And then they're experiencing so little pain that they're saying to you, we're not sure of what it is we're paying you for. Now, so for anybody listening to this and they've said, yes, of course, I've had that question and it drives me bananas. The one way that you can make sure that question doesn't get asked is by showing your clients all of the things that you're doing to help them avoid feeling that pain. So let me give you a really good example. I used to do this when I ran my uh, MSP, Nash. So we used to do daily reports. So many of your listeners will do daily reports for their clients saying, Hey, everything's great. Don't worry about it. We didn't used to send the daily reports out after we'd fixed things. We used to send the daily report out when things were broken. So if the backup hadn't run, if the server was running low on memory, if the disks were running low on space, we used to send them in the morning with big red crosses saying, these are the things that are going wrong. And then they would pick the phone up to us and say, hey, we've had our daily report through. Did you know the server's running at a disk space? Did you know that the internet connection is running slowly? And we'd say, oh yeah, thank you. We've resolved all of that. And we got that done before nine o'clock this morning for you. And they'd go, oh, great. Thanks. And put the phone down. But, you know, and some people have said to me, well, why did you do that? Why did you show them all the things that have gone wrong? And the reason we showed them all the things that have gone wrong is to remind them of all the things that can go wrong every day and what we were doing tirelessly in the back to make sure that they didn't feel the pain. So it would be the equivalent of if you go to your local garage for a, a, with your car for an annual service, and the garage said to you, oh, by the way, your front tire was about to explode. And you're like, what? And you go, oh, yeah, but don't worry, we have fixed it for you. The car's ready to drive away. And you're like, wow, that's good. I like that. You know, there was a potential problem, but they fixed it for us. And so we let the client see the pain, but not feel the pain. And uh, for us, that made us a lot more sticky with our clients. They wanted to work with us a lot more because they saw the value of what was going on.
1: I like what you said. Make the clients see the pain, but not feel the pain. I think that's a very good point. (laughs) Awesome.
2: So you really touched on the importance of communication for customer satisfaction and One thing I'm sure that you get from your community and from your clients all the time is how do I grow? Of course, I know at Pronto, when we surveyed MSPs, what are your top priorities? Sales and leads were always at the top of the list. So when you have new customers that are looking to basically grow and they're looking to you to help them grow... Does customer satisfaction, is, does that play a role in how you tell them to grow? Or is, you know, is that part of the playbook?
0: Definitely is. And I said earlier on, you can be the best IT company for the world. But if nobody knows about you, what is the point? So the number one thing I would do with customer satisfaction is start recording the wins that you've had. What do I mean by that? So most of us in business have got a process in place for dealing with customer complaints. If somebody says, hey, this is not going wrong, you are all over it and you work really, really quickly to get that problem fixed for them and to make them happy again. Both of us have processes in place for customer satisfaction. So you know the time the client gets in touch with you and says, hey, Nash, hey, Corey, I just wanted to tell you, you've done a great job on this. And that happens to nearly all of us every single day, every single week. But what do we do with it, Corey? Well, for the most part, actually, for those of us in Britain who are a little bit conservative, we go, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's just what we're here to do. And we brush it aside. We get a bit embarrassed and we move on. What I would encourage people to do is to start recording those wins. So when clients get in touch with you and say, just wanted to give feedback, Nash went above and beyond delivering this service for us. We really appreciate it. And it's such a pleasure to work with SimpleSat. You don't just say, oh, shucks, that's no problem. It's just our job. You record that and you make sure that you've got that on your website, for instance, to let other people know how you are delivering to your customers. The other thing I would say is you know, um, MSPs rely a lot on word of mouth, on referrals for business. They do a good job and your clients hopefully will speak to other, cli- other prospective clients and say, hey, you should be working with Corey, you should be working with Nash. The best time to ask for a referral is when a client has given you a glowing testimony or or a bit of feedback. So when that customer gets in touch and says, hey, Nash has done this brilliant job for me, just wanted to say thank you. Instead of saying shucks, you go, "Oh, oh, that's our pleasure. Hey, look, while you're on the phone, can you think of anybody else that we could help with, you know, in a similar situation to you? And while that person's feeling all glowing and rosy towards you, they will probably say, oh, yeah, let me connect you with such and such other business owner. So most MSPs rely on referrals for growing their business, but not a lot of MSPs are proactive in asking for referrals. And so I think customer service, customer satisfaction, glowing testimonials and feedback can be used not only as social proof on your website and in your marketing materials to let other people know, hey, we don't just talk about how good we are. Here's other people demonstrating that we do the job. But it's also the best time to ask for a referral proactively. And that's one of the ways that you can grow your business. And if I can throw something else in there, Corey Nash as well. Please. So many MSPs that I come across underestimate the value of social proof. So for anybody unfamiliar, you know, what we're talking about social proof, it is literally, instead of Corey and Nash saying, SimpleSat, do a brilliant job for your MSP, and you're like, Okay, but what do other people say about Corey and Nash and Simplesat? Social proof is literally going online and having a look and seeing what other people say about a business. So many MSPs that I come across do not invest time, they do not invest effort into creating social proof. And yet we all know if we're going to go and hire a plumber, an electrician, a builder, what's one of the first things that we do? We go on social media or we ask our friends, we say, hey, can you recommend anybody to me to do this job? Rather than just get the yellow pages out or just do a random Google search. So the 21st century equivalent of asking for referrals, recommendations, is people go online and if they do a search for, say, IT support Newcastle upon Tyne, they're going to be looking to see what your Google reviews are, what other people are saying about you, what people are saying on Twitter, on Facebook about you. So you need to make sure that what you're delivering for clients is represented in your online persona, that that social proof is there. And I think it's just so important, Corey, that nowadays people are very aware of what their online presence says about them. So I'll I'll challenge anybody listening to this. After this podcast is over, go online and do a Google search for your business and see what people are saying about you. If they're saying nothing at all, that's quite bad. Because I'm sure that in the past month, you have had clients get in touch with you and say, thank you for a great job that you've done. So you should have at least one good review online there. Because when that client says you've done a really good job, you say, oh, thank you so much. Would you mind leaving that as a Google review for us? And that is uh, one of the ways that you can grow your business. And I think it's so important. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, great. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That was a very smooth transition. I feel like, you're actually doing a disservice to those people who could have like gotten a really good service from you if you actually asked referrals from your current customers who had like really good experience with you, right? It would be a disservice to not ask a referral.
0: Absolutely is, And I would say, if we just said a struck a chord with them, and they said, yeah, we really should record our wins a little bit more. We should have a process to ask for referrals and we should create social proof. Everybody listening to this will probably be using Slack Microsoft Teams to communicate with them and their team. Do yourself a favor, set yourself up a hashtag wins channel on Slack or on Microsoft Teams. And then anytime that anybody says anything nice, or there's any news that you've had in the business, put it into that channel. It's the single fastest way that you start capturing this great feedback. I know there's tools like Simplesat and so many others that can help capture that information. But right now, after this call, I want to go away and create that wins channel and start capturing things because you and else in your team are going to get so many compliments, so much good feedback each and every day. And I want you to be sharing that not just with your customers, but with your internal team as well to let them know, Hey, guys, we're doing a good job here. And here's what people have had to say. When we get good news, we should share it with others. We shouldn't keep it to ourselves.
2: I think that's great. It's really, it's so positive. You know, simple set users looking to do the opposite, which of course is important as well, and get feedback, negative feedback channeling to managers to know what to do. But on the other side of things, just a positive spin up cycle, right? Where you just, I don't know, it's like this, this reinforcement loop that's just going to get better and better. So I love that. That's a great idea.
0: And I should say, hurry, get into woo woo about this. On a personal level, I also have a sort of wins uh, channel for myself. I call it my jar of awesome. I've literally got a physical jar here. Every time something good happens. So I I can tell you after today's podcast interview, I will be going and writing it and had a great time with Curry and Nash on the SimpleSat podcast. I will be folding that up as a post-it note and I'll be putting it in my jar of awesome. And you know what? Your jar slowly fills up. And anytime as an entrepreneur, I'm feeling a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure why I'm doing this anymore. And let's face it, we've had a lot of those days in 2020, haven't we? I would go to my jar of awesome and it would remind me of the difference that I'm making, not only to myself, but to other people. So there you go. It's a little bit woo-woo, but it works for me. (laughs) That tip is a whole jar of awesome.
1: (laughs) I'm writing it down just to make sure I don't forget.
0: (laughs) I want to see photographs of your jar of awesomes on Instagram, on Twitter over the next few days.
1: (laughs) You shall. This podcast is produced by Podcast Mate. PodcastMate produces podcasts for iconic brands and market leaders PodcastMate makes your podcast production an easy breezy journey They do the heavy lifting for you, so you don't have to All you gotta do is press record Talk about peace of mind and relief Check them out at PodcastMate.co. Again, it's PodcastMate.co. Aside from all the other things that you mentioned earlier, what do you think are other things that business general business owners can do to elevate their customer satisfaction game? Like, what else can they do that they're not doing enough?
0: That is a good question. So if you'd have asked me this question over a year ago now, so back at the start of 2020... And we're recording this at the start of 2021. And obviously we've gone through the COVID-19 pandemic and many of us are still going through it. What I used to say to MSPs was, look, go out and visit your clients more often, not with a specific purpose other than walking around the office and saying to people, Hey, is there anything I can help with? How's it going? And the reason I did that, and we used to call them engineering floor walks. My engineers would, or myself would visit our client sites and. Often we would turn up with a box of cakes or something, because I can tell you now, no client in history has ever turned us away at the door when we're holding a box of cakes. (laughs) And so, so we used to give the cakes and then we used to have a wander around, you know, do a bit of tidying up and stuff. But then we used to say, hey, how's it going? Is there anything we can help with? And that used to be so good for us to do two things. One, to uncover problems that would otherwise fester and become a much bigger problem. Let me give you a, a specific example. So I went to a client site once and I did a floor work and I spoke to one of the members of staff and I said, oh, while I'm here, is there anything I can help with? And she said, oh yeah, sure. The printer in the corner is not working. I said, oh, let me take a look at that. While I was working on it, I said, uh, how long has it, you it know, been like this? And she said, oh, about nine months. I oh. said, sorry, nine months. I said, why did you, you know, out of interest, why did you not phone us? Oh, I didn't want to bother you. <laughs> but I can tell you the next time that printer went wrong, even though they've not told us about it, that's the sort of thing that clients can go absolutely crazy about. Oh, Well, this printer's not been working for nine months and what have you done about it? Yeah, so engineering floor walks enabled us to highlight some of the things that otherwise might have got overlooked. And the second reason that we did these floor walks was we used to have conversations with people and say, oh, you know, what's happening exciting in your world? they used to say things like, well, we're about to take on a new customer. And I think we're going to need more employees to do that. So we're going to buy a new PC for them. So my engineers would come back with this long list of work, of projects, of new sales that they'd made to customers. And so again, it was all going back to what Corey said earlier on about communication. We stayed in constant communication with clients to uncover the issues that we weren't aware of. And secondly, to get a peek into the future and to see, okay, what's happening with their business and how can we help them? So that generated business for us. So that's the answer I would have given you at the start of 2020. And of course, in 2021, we're not visiting client sites so much, but we can still do that type of thing. We can pick up the phone to clients, we can drop them a Zoom call, we can drop them an email, and we can say, hey, is there anything I can help with? How are we doing? Is there anything I should be aware of? As one business owner to another, you can say, how's the business growing? Is, is there anything that you're working on at the moment? And when they say, "Yep, yeah, we're going to take new staff on, you say, oh, great, remember to tell us so we can get their user accounts set up. We can get the new PCs bought for them. We can get good broadband in place and all of these type of things. So I think the number one thing I would say, regardless of what year we're in, regardless of what the pandemic looks like, keep communicating with clients, and keep those channels of communication open because you learn so much stuff in terms of sales, in terms of opportunities, in terms of customer service. Just keep communicating with clients.
2: And you could still get cakes delivered to your customers. In this. <laughs> you can.
0: I was speaking to an MSP just this morning who has got a deal with the local bakery and they send boxes of brownies to their customers as well. And I was, um, I was the recipient of a box of these brownies Uh, not so long ago. And I tell you, it made my day. So if you want to increase your CSAT, your customer satisfaction scores, send
2: more cakes.
1: (laughs) You can never go wrong with like sweets. Never
2: go wrong with cake. (laughs) (laughs) Just one other question. So Richard, you had the blog that inspired you about the communication blog. that was like 10 years ago, you said, what was the name of that?
0: So, if you just do a search for Richard Tubb and it's all about communication, it's all about communication, Probably right? Probably closer to 15 years ago now. I'm really showing sure uh, my age. There we go. Oh, wow.
2: So, other than, of course, yourself, what are the other books or videos or podcasts that people listening on this, if they're you know, looking, if they want to improve customer satisfaction and want to just do more with their customers, but don't really know where to start, kind of what would you recommend?
0: Great question. So, I'm a voracious reader. It's not good for the podcast, but I can see Corey and Nash here on video and in the background, I can see I've got loads of books here and I, you know, I read loads of them. So I'll give some book recommendations. Now, um, the first one I would give is there's a great book by an author called Bob Berg and John David Mann, and it's called The Go-Giver. Now, we're all familiar with go-getters, you know, these people who go out there and they hustle and they grind and they, you know, they make things happen for them. But in my experience in life, uh, people who are go-givers seem to really flourish. You know, so I talked earlier on about helping people, about listening, and uh, just being you know, a valuable force in people's life. The Go-Giver is a very short book. It's a, a business parable. So it'll take you less than an hour to read with a cup of tea. And it just talks about putting other people's wants and needs first and listening to what they want and helping them to achieve their goals. And so I found earlier on in my career that perhaps when I went to a business networking event, instead of going in there and saying, hey, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, I would go in there and I would listen to people and people would talk to me and they'd say, oh, this is a problem that we're having at the moment. And I might not be able to help with that problem, but I would say to them, oh, let me connect you with so-and-so who can help out with that. And I built value that way. And I built relationships that way. And I learned in later years from the book, The Go-Giver, the more value you deliver to other people, the more they will look to reciprocate as human beings. So that's one of the first books that I would suggest. Highly uh, recommend that. Another book that has been life-changing for me, uh, many of your readers will be familiar with it, but is a book called E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Very, very famous book. And again, if you're listening to this and not Read the e-myth. For me, I call it like the MSP Bible. It's not about managed services, but it is about building a business that is scalable, that is repeatable, that is process and systems driven, and gives you all the time that you need to be doing the things that we've spoke about on today's podcast. Which is pick up the phone to your customer. All the things that perhaps some people listening today would be like, this sounds great. I haven't got the time though to be doing customer satisfaction calls you will do if you systemize your business in the right way. So The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. And the third book recommendation that I would suggest is, we talked earlier on about content marketing. And I said, essentially, just answering people's questions. There's a brilliant book called They Ask, You Answer by Marcus Sheridan, who is the sales lion on Twitter. And I've had the opportunity to spend some time and get to know Marcus. And I absolutely love that book because it is fundamentally about helping other people and how you can grow your business by listening and answering questions and showing value to other people as well. So three great books, The Go-Giver, The e Revisited, and They Ask, You Answer. Highly recommend for anybody listening to this. Curry, I could go on, as you can see from the bookshelf behind me, I could give a million book suggestions, but I'll limit it to
2: just three there. <laughs> those are great. And those are two new books on my list. So thank you.
1: All right. Oh, last question. After this conversation, what do you think are the three action items that our listeners should take?
0: Yeah, good question. I love that. So one of my mentors is a guy called Arlen Sorensen, who built a $50 million MSP. And he taught me, and I've since learned that uh, Thomas Edison was the first person to say this, Uh, but Arlen Sorensen taught me that vision without execution is hallucination. Vision without execution is hallucination. What that means is if you have listened to today's podcast and it's giving you ideas, things that you want to do. So the very first piece of advice I would give to people is ideas only become reality if you actually go and make something of them to take action. So if there's anything you've heard in today's podcast that you think, yeah, that's a great idea. Don't just write it down, go and take action on it. So that's the very first thing I'd say, Nash. The second thing would be, we gave some specific actions to people and that would be Go and Google yourself or Bing yourself. um, Find out what your online presence looks like for your managed service provider business and find out importantly, what people are saying about you. And unfortunately, you might be surprised to hear they're not saying anything at all. That's okay because the third piece of advice I'm going to give is that I want you to pick up the phone to your favorite customer and ask them, hey, how are we doing? And how are you doing? and listen to the answers that they give you. And if they say, what to the answer? How are we doing? You're doing really well. Thank you so much. Ask them for a referral and ask them for a Google review or a Facebook review or some sort of online review there. And then you can make sure that you've got your first review in place. And so your social proof will have already increased by 100%. <laughs> wow.
1: Very simple things like, Based on the three action items that you've shared, I think these are really very simple things that we just like don't do just because we forget about it or we just don't think about these things. And most especially if if there's one word that I would condense this episode into one word, that would be over communicate.
0: Yeah, I'd absolutely agree. I'll give a fourth a bonus piece of advice here. Okay. And that is, if this podcast has struck a chord with you, if anything that I've said or Corio said or Nasha said makes sense to you, please don't go straight back into the office or your home office and continue working. Don't get overwhelmed by emails. Don't look at tickets. Don't check your text messages. Sit down for 15 minutes, make yourself a cup of tea and write down what actions you're going to take. Because it's so easy for us to have these great ideas and to hear wisdom and to hear brilliant uh, solutions for problems, but then just to get swept away with the day-to-day business that we're running just to get overwhelmed with things. So please, I'm giving you full permission. Go and make a cup of tea. Go make a cup of coffee. Get a cake if there's one to hand. Sit down and write down the actions that you're going to take from this podcast. <laughs> I'm always telling people to eat cake. There we go.
1: Tea and cake, I noticed. <laughs> That's consistent. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Richard, for sharing all these wisdom and action items that would help our listeners to elevate their customer satisfaction a game and all the other things in their business, like getting referrals and sales. Now, where can they find you? What do you do and where can they find you?
0: Yeah. So I think the number one way, if anything that I've said today, sort of appeals to anybody, I write a newsletter for the MSP industry every single week. It goes out every Tuesday morning called MSP Insights. If anybody is interested in that newsletter, just go to tublog.co.uk forward slash NL for newsletter or you can just do a search for MSP Insights. Uh, but yeah, my website is the, the best place to find me, but really just do a search for Richard Tubb MSP and um, you will find me out there on
2: the interwebs. This has been more fun and informative than I thought it would be. Not that I wasn't expecting it to not be, but <laughs> this is like so many nuggets of information here. This is great.
0: Oh, I'm so glad. And thank you again for both of you. Uh, Corey, I gave you thanks earlier on for you and Derek helping me with my MSP business. And for all you do for the MSP community as a whole as well, and this podcast is, is just another example of that. So thank you for everything that both of you do.
2: Thank you as well.
1: Thank you. Thank you for your time, Richard. We really enjoyed having this conversation with
0: you. Oh, my pleasure. Cool. Have a good one. Take care, both. All right.
1: Thanks for listening to the Customer Satisfaction Project. We hope that this episode has given you new insights and introduced fresh perspectives in looking at customer service. If you find this helpful, I'm sure your friend will too. Share this with your friends. Don't keep us a secret. And don't forget to follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this. The Customer Satisfaction Project is hosted by Nash Maywella and Corey Brown. This podcast is brought to you by SimpleSat, the customer feedback system that works. Check them out at SimpleSat.io to get your 14-day free trial. This show is produced by PodcastMate, producing podcasts for iconic brands and market leaders. Head on over to podcastmate.co to start your own podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch up with you on the next episode.